Hello everyone, Happy New Year, welcome back to Cloisterbell Podcast. Coming up today we're talking about Eve of the Daleks. The TARDIS Cloisterbell, imminent disaster. The Cloisterbell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no. So, yes, hello, everyone. Uh, hello, Liam. Hi, Rob. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to Cloister Bell. Uh, this is episode 90. Wow, okay. It's quite good. Yeah. Did you think we'd make it this far? Uh, I never really thought about it to, uh, to, uh, to begin with. Uh, I'm pleased that we have. There's been a couple of occasions when I've, I've, I've thought... You just wanted to pack it in? Yeah, just, oh, I'm sick of doing this Doctor Who podcast. Um, the funny thing is, it's, on on those occasions, it's sort of like, oh, I need to tell Rob that I'm sick of doing the podcast. And then what will happen is, is then the, then there's a surge in popularity. And we go, oh, we're getting, we're getting more listeners. We must be, yeah, be a bit daft to, to quit now. We'll carry on. So you're just doing it for the fame? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just doing it for the fame. No, the thing is as well, it's, uh, there's been, and there's been a few times when I just went, oh, I'm sick of watching Doctor Who and I'm sick of talking about it. But then actually when I'm in front of the, the microphone and you and I are talking about it, it that I, it's, it's suddenly fine. It's like, oh, I'm enjoying it. And, and then when we edit the podcast, mm. all that's fine. Yeah. There's been a few occasions, but it's getting to that it point. It does get a bit repetitive. Do you think? <laughs> do you think that's why Doctor Who content creators are such miserable bastards? <laughs> <laughs> it uh i think there's a lot i mean for for people i mean for the people who actually create the show i mean it it the pressure and the amount of hard work must be absolutely insane and then and then from our point of view of just going god all this time and dedication spent talking about a television program <laughs> even though we really like it and we've been fans of it for years it it, it can get a bit <laughs> you know a bit of like oh for frig's sake but then actually getting down to it and talking about it, it I, um i mean because we've started doing the podcast from the moment um the the jodie whittaker era started and i think that's been a bit of a, a bit of a funny one because i mean we've, we've talked about this during the course of uh the podcast to date but we found it we haven't found it the most engaging no it was probably a bit bittersweet because starting when we did with the woman who felt worth and um, it gave us an incentive to start and it gave us some momentum because we kind of kept at it yes yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah uh but it's one of those things that going huh uh may- maybe it would have helped if we started earlier yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know i mean we're still doing it it's the 90th podcast um and obviously i think at this point we we both enjoy doing it and yeah. the fact that there's a there's a healthy, steady lish, listenership and engagement from the listeners, it's oh, we must be doing something right. For one thing, happy New Year, everybody, and happy obviously that includes you, Rob. Happy New Year. Bit happy of a um, bit of a later start than than we intended. Uh, I started the New Year um, ill, <laughs> yes. which delayed stuff, but you know, obviously all better. So that that's why there's been a delay. Um, that's sort of the, the highlight of the personal, personal news um 
couple of things we've done. Um, so just before Christmas, the the season seventeen. I forgot the seasons right. So yes, see, no season eighteen seventeen. Yes, season seventeen. The season seventeen um, box set came out. Uh, so I got that. Got got that delivered. Received it on the day it came out, and um, the the box set was damaged on delivery. The 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 trays that hold the discs uh, were separate from the box. Um, the same thing happened when I received the season twenty four box set. Actually, so anyway, um, got it arranged to to send a replacement out. The replacement came uh, within a couple of days. Didn't have to wait long, and uh, exactly the same problem. Oh no! Yeah, I said, oh, for goodness' sake, try to arrange a, a re-delivery of that. It hasn't happened. It's all up in the air. A bit frustrating. Um, but while I'm waiting for that to get sorted, I have been going through the discs. The discs are fine. It's just the packaging which is a bit damaged and a bit annoying. Um, yeah, but um, the content is what matters at the end of the day, I suppose, and um, it's really good. Been been enjoying it. Uh, and I'm sort of, uh, I've got to the point where I'm halfway through Sharder at the moment, um, which is... Is this the um, episodic version? Yes, uh, which is the, the, the definitive version, apparently. So Until the, the next one. <laughs> Until the next one. Um, it's it's the most complete version of Sharder that we are likely to have because it has all the the footage that was filmed in Cambridge and the the, the studio stuff that they did before the strike stop the story and then this all interlinked with animation and yes that's right yeah um with marquez doing the music uh, for it clearly trying to be as close as possible to what dudley simpson would have done um at the time uh it's a bit odd i find the soundtrack the weakest thing about i mean a lot of hard work has gone into it they even got i've forgotten the actor's name but the actor who was originally cast to do the voice of the Krags, which are these like crystalline yeah. monster things, um, at the time in 1979, 78, 79, when they would have been originally making the story, he didn't get the opportunity to play that part because um, um, because the strike stopped when he would have been involved. The fact that they actually got him to do the voice. It's just like, well, you've even, you've even gotten to that level. So I find all that quite impressive. It's a nice touch. Yeah, a nice touch. And all the other original actors have come in to, to voice, um, voice their lines. So a lot of hard work's gone in and it's quite, it's quite nice, but the, the music's, uh, I find that either, uh, there's too much of it or Marquez has clearly been inspired by, um, the soundtrack to city of death. Um, yeah. So there's one piece of music where um, the main Paris theme, it's an altered version of that. And you go, that's quite a nice touch, but it it, it gets used far too much. Um, so that's my sort of a criticism of it. But I have been enjoying watching that. That's cool. Does it and, come with any extended versions of the other stories? No, no, there's uh, there's no extended uh, versions of the other stories, but there's an, there's an awful lot of uh, really good documentaries making of... Um, conversation with Bob Baker, who uh, was the writer for Nightmare of Eden, and, and a whole lot of is this other... a, is this a recent conversation as well? Yeah, and it's it's a little bit um, bittersweet because towards the end of the interview, um, it's commented on that 
Bob Baker is one of the last surviving writers of the classic era. Oh. And um, he he died at the end of last year. And obviously that was obviously the interview was recorded prior to his death. Um, yeah. Do, do they acknowledge his death? No, no. Because I think okay. everything was, if I've got it right, I think he passed away in December. Okay. And I think everything was wrapped up with the set and completed uh, in November. Yeah. Um, but that that was a that was a really interesting and nice conversation because it covers you know uh, um, you know pretty much you know bits of his childhood, growing up, getting into writing, meeting um, uh, how he got into Doctor Who and and, and all the rest of it. it. And obviously, there's a big focus on Wallace and Gromit as well. Uh, it's really good, but it, it it did have that that bittersweet thing because you know he passed away not all, not not all that long ago. And then of course he went on to do the. The Canine Revival show, <laughs> yes, which which was which was actually pretty bad. But um, <laughs> I mean, no, for a kids' show, it was it was pretty amazing. We would have probably loved it if we were like five. Mm. Um, but it's it's yeah, it's quite a remarkable thing that he somebody he came back to, and there was enough Doctor Who Easter eggs in there, but um, there wasn't enough substance to kind of like draw us in. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know if we should kind of check out the pilot of that one day <laughs> maybe you should i mean i haven't seen it um okay. I, I, i'd be curious to see what it's like yeah um it is acknowledged that uh it i think it is k9 mark one all oh, right okay or mark, mark two <laughs> no mark one <laughs> okay one of them yes it's one <laughs> yeah um in terms of in terms of the Blu-ray box sets, it's it's just been announced um, that in terms of the the standard release, the next one's going to be season fourteen. Ah, okay. So, so how many um, Tom Baker box sets are, are currently out? We four. Ah, so that's season twelve, fourteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Nice. Nice. Anything uh, you anything you're yeah. hoping for? to be released oh for, for the next lot um i would like i'm i think like like a lot of fans i'm really looking forward to seeing um some william hart i, I really would love a, a william hartnell box set at some point hopefully well obviously we will get one at some point but very soon but i've got a, 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 a i think it's probably likely that the 60s Stuff will probably be released towards the end because of all the stuff surrounding um, missing episodes. Right. Sorry, I don't really um, pay much attention to the uh, animated versions. Mm -hmm. Do do I have complete seasons with animation yet? Or or not? Uh, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I think... um... No, I don't think we do, actually. I was going to say, I think maybe for... Uh, Patrick Troughton's final season, but then um, we we haven't got an animated version of the the Space Pirates, have we? No, we don't. We don't no. have that. And we've do we have um, only one episode of that in a few scenes? Yeah, we have episode three, and the and I think the rest is completely wiped. Right. I, I have um, listened to the the audio. Mm, I haven't in a while, but I've just got the. Uh, they were recently re-released as box sets with the with the new Doctor Who logo, um, 
and mm-hmm. I got the I got the digital versions of all them recently, so I don't have to get the CDs out and I can just listen to them listen to them on the Audible app, um, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. I've been working my way through season one with the DVDs and oh well, with uh, BritBox and my CDs. So all right, and uh, what story are you up to? Oh, um, I've done what comes after. So I've done Keys and Marinus. I've mm-hmm. done Marco Polo and Crusade. Are they all around the same time? Yeah, I think the Crusade yeah. is season two, though. Oh, season two. Okay, I can't remember, can't remember where I'm up to because I was doing this before Christmas. Right, okay. I, I'll have to get back into that. But, mm. uh, yeah, I think maybe this year I need to check out some unfamiliar stories. Mm-hmm. What do you do another Lost story, maybe? I think we've only done... Um, what have we done? The Crusade? Yeah, yeah, we... Uh... Because that's my favourite Hartnell story. But we yeah. only have episodes one and three to watch and two and four are missing from the archives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would really love to see, uh, ideally season one probably. Um, okay. Uh, sometime soon. But as I said, I suspect that the 60s stuff will be towards the end. So if none of the 60s, what else would I like to see? I think uh, season seven, John Pertwee's first season, I um, I would love to see very early because I love that season. I think it's very strong. Um, yeah, you know, it's got Spearhead from Space and Inferno in particular, the highlights. Although you know, Silurians is a corker. Um, so that I'm just trying to think of any. I would like a little bit of a, a hold off on the, the Tom Bakers at the moment. Although the Key to Time season, I think would, um, you know, I really enjoy that. Yeah, season twenty. I would quite like. I think we. I think we're due another Peter Davison box set. I think is that his final? No, no, his final is season twenty-one. So mm-hmm. season twenty is Ark of Infinity, uh, which I have a huge soft spot for, although it's got some appalling dialogue in it. But um, <laughs> I, I, I do uh, enjoy Ark of Infinity an awful lot. It's got Snake Dance in it, the Black Guardian trilogy, and the King's Demons. Um, mm. And although it was broadcast. When season twenty ended, you know, uh, it's um, the five doctors is usually lumped in with it as well. So yeah, I wonder what they'll do. I wonder if they'll do a reissue of the five doctors and the TV movie um, to fit in with the Blu-rays. Because mm-hmm. the the TV movies never had a true um, HD release. I did buy the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. but um, like it says on the box, it's just an upscaled version of the DVD, um, and also. Um, the film that exists um, could be um, transferred um, they could revisit it and uh, um, do a new print of it and put it onto full HD right okay um, so I think that's one thing people are frustrated about <laughs> why Why do we have to buy this <laughs> uh, I put emphasis on the word have to buy it you know I went and bought the TV movie for a, for a fourth time <laughs> mm-hmm. for whatever reason <laughs> And I'll buy it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing is, funny enough, because um, one of the things that they're also doing with the box sets is that, um, so, th- th- they've got all the stuff and they're, they're remastering them again. Um, and there's new special features, but all the special features that were on the DVDs are also being released on, on the Blu-rays as well. But um, they're, being, uh, they're being a bit more... They're trying to tie in all of the special features um, that were on the DVDs more closely to 
something that's a bit more appropriate to the stories because sometimes they would do you know, the special uh, features were excellent but sometimes you would get a documentary and go well, what's this got to do with that story it's a bit it's a bit random and towards the end of the dvd run they had these um things called doctor forever um uh, which were really good but they you know they were documentaries on uh, you had uh, doctor who books oh. so that, that was covering the whole lot of you know uh, target virgin new adventures and the eighth doctor adventures with the bbc books oh. uh, which was really good uh there was one on doctor who toys and there was a and, and there was a one where and it was really good where it, it was an interview with everyone talking about how um they revived the series in 2005 and i'm just kind of thinking well what are they going to because they haven't appeared on any of the blu-ray box sets yet and it would be a shame if they weren't re-released um mm. where are they going to be included would they are they going to do a a, a blu-ray of as you say the tv movie as part of this Public collection ring, yeah yeah and then and then put the doctor forever stuff on there i'm not sure it's mm. a tough one mm. yeah I, I, in the meantime I i'm just quite... finish my bar of chocolate oh yeah i'm gonna get i've got, I've got red wine oh very nice yeah. i've just had a cup of tea and um it's a cabri's oreo chocolate bar ah right i just had a um, cream egg <laughs> nice. I've actually got a tin full of them. Haven't come across one of those white ones, have you? No. I eat them so fast, I probably wouldn't notice. <laughs> Tasted a bit <laughs> well, white. Well, careful, because what is it? Aren't they limited edition? And if you, you, you can... I don't know how you would claim it, but if you find one, it's worth £10,000, isn't Crazy. it? Crazy. <laughs> mm. um, so I'm trying to think, what else have I been up to lately? Because we've had a few... Um, a good while since we last spoke. Um, we've done a live after show without you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How dare you? Well, <laughs> um, well, uh, we because um, you've been doing those, and I, I joined uh, the gang for the last episode of Flux. Yeah, it was and, really good. Uh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed that. But um, so the one that I did too was with, for Eve of the Daleks, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's weird, it's, it's like we got as many of us as we could for the final at <laughs> the end of Flux. And it's like we were back in a few weeks. <laughs> um, but it was good, yeah. <clears throat> I haven't actually um, checked it out. I, I did revisit it to just to see if it actually worked properly. Um, but we did have Mark back from All of Time and Space pod, which was really, ni- really nice. Uh, did the viewership uh, shoot up by any chance? <laughs> Uh, it's had 79 views um, oh okay I mean the first one had a lot didn't it I don't mm. know where's the, the after show episode 1 what was it called the Halloween apocalypse That see that that's yes. had 210 views yeah the viewership did drop <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah listening to people speak for 3 hours just about random crap, you know. It's about to get me tired. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll be doing another one in Easter because I did mention that. Well, you know, um, we've got we've got all these specials this year, so they're keen to to, to do that for the, at least the, the next two specials. Right. Okay. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll not. Maybe we'll do something similar after that. Or 
I don't know if we'd do that for the Russell T. Davis era for a full series, but that's a long time away. Anyway, we probably have all fell out by then. <laughs> um, so is it can I talk about Marvel spoilers um, at this stage in January do you think um, well I'm not bothered you're but... not bothered I don't know if we're past some threshold I don't know like uh, maybe your wife might know should I go ask her uh, two seconds what <laughs> Hello there. Is it too early to talk about Marvel spoilers? Is it too early to talk about Spider-Man on the podcast? A spoiler warning. Okay. Okay, so she said I need to put a spoiler warning. Okay, so um, spoilers ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For Spider-Man... Far from home, oh. and for Marvel's Hawkeye as well. So, um, as you all know, um, well, Liam probably has another clue. <laughs> uh, so we had the penultimate episode of Hawkeye um, before Christmas, and it came out the same day as the new Spider-Man film. Um, and it it had been hinted that uh, perhaps Wilson Fisk, Kingpin, was going to appear in it from the Marvel Netflix television series, uh, which at this stage we don't know if it was canon to the MCU. So finally, in the episode of Hawkeye, it was revealed Fisk was returning, which makes which is a big deal because it makes Netflix Marvel canon to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, big, big okay. deal. Right, okay. So it made my wife freaked out. And then we were like, <laughs> there's no coincidence that the new Spider-Man film came out today. I bet Daredevil's in it, which is the show that Wilson Fisk's from. Right, okay, got you. Mm-hmm. So we go and see this. The, literally, net, the, our episode of Hawkeye finished um, at um, 11 o'clock in the morning because it came out that day. We'd, we'd booked the Odeon and we were there sat down by half eleven to watch the wow, new Spider-Man okay. film. We're literally like, shit. <laughs> this, this episode came out on Disney Plus for a reason today. So we went there and, um, and uh, Daredevil was in it for a moment, for a small scene. And then the right. following week in Hawkeye um, was the big episode with Wilson Fisk. So, I mean, I don't know if these are just variants of the characters within the multiverse... Or if it's the exact same versions, <laughs> you know, time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. So since then, I've been we've revisited all of Daredevil on Netflix, uh, season two of Punisher, which I'd kind of gave up on the Marvel Netflix shows um, when Disney the Disney Plus service was announced and they got all were all getting cancelled because I thought, well, these shows are maybe not canon. And they're not going to be acknowledged, so I kind of gave up on the whole Marvel Netflix universe. But um, been re- revisiting it now. I've finally watched season two of Punisher, which was really good. Um, the only ones I still need to watch is season season two of Luke Cage. Is the only one I haven't seen now. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I've been doing lately, just watching Marvel stuff. 
Oh, okay. Well, it's, it, it sounds like you're really enjoying it, so that's yeah. good. In fact, um, I was speaking to Alona. We've been saying it for a while, but um, about doing a Marvel podcast. Ah, right. Okay. Um, maybe we thought maybe like not for another year or something, or maybe do yeah. something can plan it. But uh, it's, it's something to think about. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be an awful lot to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a good topic for a podcast. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else podcasty you want to talk about? <laughs> Thanks, Rob. That's that, that's I appreciate that. That's a nice leading. Um, I've started uh, my own podcast, Motion Picture Podcast, which is uh, just me reviewing films, um, which has which was launched at the beginning of the year. So there's an introduction podcast just basically talking about my love of film, why I decided to do the podcast and what we're likely to to, to hear me review for um for pretty much I would say the first half of the year. Uh the first review is up which is my review of 1989's Batman film. Yeah. Uh, uh and the the next lot I have in line is uh, The Madness of King George. The Long Good Friday, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And then, because this year marks the 60th anniversary of James Bond, and I love the James Bond films, perfect opportunity to review the Bond films. But but I'll be doing them in batches because I don't want to give people the impression that it's a James Bond podcast when when it's not. But um, uh, I'll be doing the the Connery and Laserby era together, then having a break and then going on to other movies and then going on to Roger Moore later on in the year and so on. Um, so that's what I'll be doing. Um, at the moment, it's only available on SoundCloud. Um, so if you search for Motion Picture Podcast, um, I also have my own Twitter feed for it and Instagram. Just search for that and it'll come up. Um, for reasons I cannot fathom, I'm having difficulties getting it uh, put up on um, uh, Apple Podcasts and and uh, Spotify and things like that. It's just not working for me. You don't know what's we'll going on. We'll get there, you know. I'm sure you'll get that sorted. Yeah, yeah. I'll eventually get that sorted, so it's fine. I'm going to keep it. But at the moment, uh, it's just available on SoundCloud. But it is easy to find if, if yeah. you're interested. Um, should we put a post about it on the website, on the podcast, on the Clydesdale website? Um, you think? So people can find it? <laughs> yeah, can do okay, it. Thanks, yeah, Rob. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So if you go there now, it should be there because in the future we'll have posted it. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, thank you, Rob. Uh, uh, have you, You've listened to the first one, haven't you? No. The Batman review. Yeah, of course I have. <laughs> 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 yeah, I listened to it I'm that being... morning, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, thoughts? I mean, be honest. Um, it was good. It was a nice listen. It was a very. It's very short. It was like twenty five minutes, which is which is a long for a solo podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. It's yeah, not it's like us short. where like we've been talking for half an hour and we haven't even mentioned like either the Daleks yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then that's the thing as well. If just going, it sounds all very nicely, but I don't think I'd be able to listen to just you on your own for about an hour and a half, maybe three hours. Do you think you could no, do no, that? It's... Could you manage it on our chat? Ah, uh, oh. <laughs> just on my own yeah. just talking to myself like a raving maniac um i could i could if it was say for example i was maybe talking about two or more movies in one podcast yeah. do you th- so um, do, do you think your new podcast is a bit of a different breed to this one it's like quite a different structure going forward yeah yeah it's it's yeah yeah it's definitely structured so the idea that I had for it is obviously the main the main chunk of it is me talking about the movies, but prior to that, you know, you've got a plot summary, 
and also um you know how the movie is certificated if that's a word um you know so people can tune in and go oh i'm talking about um like a disney movie it's certificate you and so if if you listen to the podcast out loud and there's, there's kids around, that's fine. But then later on, if I'm talking about the movie Blue Velvet, I mention, you know, it's a certificate. It would be it's a certificate 18 movie. This is the stuff that's covered. And you go, yeah, this is not suitable. You know, no. I wouldn't be swearing or anything, but obviously I'd be talking about some some dark uh, adult dark material, stuff. dark stuff. But, you know, uh, when it comes to, oh, he's talking about 2001 Space Odyssey certificate. Is that a certificate you or PG? It's bound anyway. Whatever by it now. is, it'll, it probably is. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I include that information as well. Yeah. Um, Exciting stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, don't want to be stuck on this sinking ship. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got we got we've, we've got redundancies. I've got my Marvel one plan. <laughs> yeah, and you and you and you. This will be ancient history soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Perfect. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exciting. So. um motion picture podcast yeah. yeah um so i think that covers everything for our pre-chat mm-hmm. so eve of the daleks not on new year's eve new year's day um i'll i'll talk about the plot so 10 minutes until midnight and the dawning of 2020 with the Doctor's TARDIS out of action, because of the flux, um, the Doctor and Yaz and Dan are forced to wait for an ordinary, sorry, forced to wait in an ordinary self-storage facility with only one customer. However, Dalek executioners are on the hunt and a time loop forces the trapped allies to keep reliving the dying minutes of 2021. What's gone wrong with time? And what do the Daleks want? As New Year's Day takes ever closer, the Doctor's tactics will be pushed to the limit to break the loop and dodge the extermination on a night where an old acquaintance can't be forgot. Hmm. (laughs) So, uh, the main cast for this, uh, we have the Doctor, Yaz and Dan, Jodie, Mandip and John Bishop. Uh, Sarah is... Isling B, Nick Ejani Salmon. Have I said those right? Probably <laughs> not, but carry on. Yeah, this is nothing like the motion picture podcast. This is just complete chaos. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Dalek operators Barnaby Edwards, Nicholas Pegg, voice of the Daleks, Nick Briggs. And we have Mary, played by Pauline McLean, and Carl. Johnny Dixon. Directed by Anita Lufer. Possibly pronounced that wrong, I'm sorry. Um, I thought it would be Lufer. I was going to say Lofer. Lofer. Lofer, that's a shoe. It wouldn't be that. Um, and of course, written by Big Chip himself. Yeah, so the TARDIS is going through a bit of a reset because it's, it's, all, it's all gone a bit weird inside and there's all this weird, slimy resin spikes and I don't know what's going on. It, <laughs> and wonky doors. Wonky doors. It was never explained in Flux that this is the Flux that did this. <laughs> it was like... No, but I, I don't think it needed to be explained. I think it. I thought it was sort of like there's, there's a weird thing going in time and the TARDIS has gone a bit weird. Obviously, the link. So yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think it needed spelling out. No, 
but we never had the, the characters really questioning it, did did we? No, they, were, they had more. They, yeah, they, they, had, they had more stuff to deal with. I suppose. Um, so, new location, Manchester, New Year's Eve, twenty twenty one. We have for these new characters. We have. Um, I've just said the names. We have Nick and Sarah. Mm-hmm. In this, in this, this, this elf storage unit, and I thought that's a nice name, but of course the uh, the S yes had fell off. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Nick comes in and he's bringing Monopoly. I wasn't, sh- I wasn't sure if he only comes on New Year's Eve or does he come throughout the year. He must come up, come throughout the year because he had like loads of stuff in his storage unit, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But he, but he, he makes a point of coming in specifically on that day because he knows that that'll be the one day that Sarah will definitely be. There. Yeah, I don't know if that's creepy or cute or what. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he comes in and then he is killed, and then the Dalek comes out and that. I'm, I'm just jumping ahead here because you know I haven't seen this since New Year's Day. <laughs> You're gonna have to help me out, Liam. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll try. I mean, I saw it today. You saw it today. Can you remember much? <clears throat> Yes, so um, I think you you started off quite well. <laughs> so, um, um, as you said, uh, Nick is coming into the storage facility, uh, which is manned by uh, Sarah. Sarah's made it perfectly clear at the beginning that she doesn't want to be there, what with it being New Year's Eve. And, it, oh, I forgot the chap's name. Who's the person that she's on the phone to Who's who should be there Ooh, but isn't? Jeff. Who, we Jeff. never see Jeff. No, no, we well, we do yeah, at the end, it. but we'll get onto that in a second. So, do we? Uh, Oh, unless I've got the names mixed no. up, because there's a there's a bizarre cameo at the end, isn't there? I, oh, he, I thought. He, oh no, that he's the guy from the woman who fell to earth. Yes, the, the crane he, he, He's not Jeff. He's, he's not Jeff. No, no. All oh, right, okay, I forgot his name. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <right>. Anyway, so <laughs> we do know what happened to Neva the Daleks. Honestly, people. So, um, so she's on the phone to this guy called Jeff, who, as you said, Rob, we don't see, but is actually sort of like a, an important unseen character. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. Um. Uh, Nick is there, he's got a Monopoly board uh, to put into storage. Uh, so he goes to the storage room and uh, something odd happens. A Dalek springs up and exterminates him. Then not long after uh, that, after, that was a bit weird, not long after that, um, a Dalek, touch. yeah, <laughs> sort of, uh, don't know what the hell's going on. A Dalek then appears uh, and then exterminates Sarah. Meanwhile, the uh, the TARDIS crew have arrived. Uh, they weren't supposed to to be there. The, the TARDIS has gone a bit weird, as you said, Rob. The uh, the doctors reset it, so mm. all the the damage that was done to the TARDIS because of the flux uh, is um, will be will be sorted out. But in the meantime, the TARDIS can't be used. Um, and so they investigate this facility, and then they encounter the Dalek, and all three of them are exterminated. Yeah. Con- conveniently, then, main characters get killed when they can be brought back. <laughs> yes, and then they're brought back to life again. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the whole line where the Dalek comes in and he said, "Nick Briggs, Nick Briggs says I am not Nick." Oh, I hadn't picked up. Oh, on that. You know, I thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> there were some funny lines that, uh, I am not in, Nick. in this. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Should have. Yeah. yeah, that's quite funny now. <laughs> at least one of us is on the ball yeah um and what happens is is that so basically there's this time loop thing going on but they all remember 
the events of what happened in the previous, you know, in the previous loop. Mm -hmm. So when they're back, they're kind of going, hey, this is weird, deja vu. I remember being killed by a robot and all the rest of it. Yeah. There's a bit sort of like toing and froing, and this goes on for a while. And then finally, uh, uh, the TARDIS crew, Sarah and Nick, uh, are united. And they keep on trying to come up with a plan to defeat the Daleks. Um, they can't escape the building because it the, the time loop is just in the confines no way of out. the building. No. And it, it's blocking all the, the entrances and exits. So no one can come in, no one can go out. So it's just in the confines of this building. Um, and then during the course of all this, with all the backwards and forwards of trying to work out what's going on, each time loop though is being diminished by a minute, and it's getting closer to midnight. I like I like that that it was, it was like not from not from we've seen sci-fi before because usually there's a lot of like time loop science fiction stories that mm. uh, you know it, it gets a bit repetitive. I'm I'm sure we've had something in Next Generation and. Um, it's been done with a bit of humour before in Stargate and Red Dwarf. We had the White Hole episode. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, yeah. It's and a, I was kind of, I was kind of worried we'd have to like watch the same old scenes over and over. Um, but it wasn't like that at all, and there was a new dynamic because the minutes were counting down. It was really yes. Cool. Um, so the, there was always so each time they were trying to work things out and formulate a plan, they had less time. Mm -hmm. Um, to sort it out and on each occasion the number of Daleks keeps on increasing as well so that's ramping up the tension obviously at the end of the story uh, the Daleks are defeated the whole building's blown up uh, and they all live happily ever after so that's, that's the, sort of like the summing up of the episode yeah um, so the Doctor disabled the Dalek well she tried to stop the Daleks with her Sonic because apparently that's a thing uh, yeah. But, um, you know, since that since that's the thing, the Daleks knew that was a thing, and they've upgraded the weapons to stop that being a thing. That was a relief as well, because <laughs> um, one of the the problems with with New Doctor Who in general, but I would say that the Jodie Whittaker era has been the worst for this, is the constant whipping out the sonic screwdriver um, of finding stuff out and all the rest of it, and. It's too much of an easy get out. It's really annoying. It's quite lazy. It removes the tension. So when uh, the, quite early on, it's quite early on at the you know near the beginning of the episodes, um, the Doctor's using the sonic screwdriver to stop the Dalek from exterminating them, and just going, "Ha ha! I can stop you with my sonic." And I went, as she's like questioning the Dalek and trying to find out what's going on, and I went, "Oh, for God's sake! This is we've got." An, I mean, the episode is just shy of an hour, and we've got like probably ten, f uh, fifty more minutes of this, mm. and gone. Oh, this is too... And then when it found out that the Dalek can counteract the, the Sonic, because they've learned from it, I went, oh, thank God for that. Um, so Lisa gets rid of that easy thing. And in fact, that's when uh, when they get exterminated the first time. Yeah. Um, I go, oh, right, okay. So I'm pleased that the... I mean, the, I do think that the, the Sonic still gets overused in this episode so when when they encounter nick for the first time yeah and this is this is um, in the second loop yeah yeah so when they encounter uh nick for the first time he's just been exterminated think find his dead body the doctor uses the sonic screwdriver to find out how he's died and, oh he's been exterminated by a dalek mm -hmm. and i couldn't help but think you know you know compare that to remembrance of the daleks 
you know when the doctor goes to um totter's yard yeah the uh, finds the de- internal displacement stuff yeah and that's him actually um like looking at the body uh touching the chest and you know his insides are scrambled very nasty I would have liked it had this episode done that here. Yeah. Uh, rather than waving the sonic screwdriver around. So so even though there's a great thing of going, the Doctor goes, ha ha, my sonic can defeat you. And they going, oh, oh, no, it can't. And I went, oh, well, I'm pleased the episode's done that. But at the same time, I still think that the sonic gets overused too much. And yeah. Mm. It'll never stop. <laughs> see what no. it does. Yeah, it's... It's one of those things where when you look back at classic Doctor Who, John Nathan Turner, uh, he, he, he's, and the, th- the funny thing is, classic Doctor Who didn't, u- didn't use the sun screwdriver an awful lot. And largely it was used to open doors. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it, w- it wouldn't. But John Nathan Turner recognised too much of an easy tool, diminishes the drama, we need to get rid of it. So it's destroyed in the visitation and then the rest of classic Doctor Who, excluding the TV movie, doesn't use it. And there's a part of me that goes, I wish New Doctor Who would do it. It's too much of an easy get out. And I think the Jodie Whittaker era, as I said before, has been the worst for it. Yeah. Do you think it's kind of mandated at the BBC? Like, look, we need to sell screwdrivers here. So <laughs> really push them. <laughs> well, yeah, possibly. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so... We um we go into Nick's storage room at some point and we see all his ex girlfriend stuff. Um, I would have bet put all my money on the climax of the story being that they had to play Monopoly with the Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that was coming up. Well, I thought what happened was at the beginning of the episode when he pulls the Monopoly out. I thought that he was going to propose that he and Sarah have. Uh, uh, a game of Monopoly, mm-hmm. so it's just like no, I'm. It's Monopoly's the thing I'm putting in the storage unit. Which is like, oh, <laughs> okay, it's a bit odd, but whatever. <laughs> so I threw it but yeah, yeah. I like how um, we had the whole suspicion that you know he possibly killed all these women. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was. Uh, yeah, I I didn't think that was a serious. No, they're still alive, <laughs> or are they? Yeah, you know. <laughs> There were some really funny lines, but yeah, because it's it's established in this that he uses the storage facility with um, stuff that his ex girlfriends have left, and he's put in there in case they get in contact and uh, so asking for their stuff back. But at the same time, he's he's really been using an excuse because he's had a crush on Sarah, and he's quite he's very shy. Um, and there's that whole thing of going. So you've been coming in here to see me for three years. Yeah. That's weird and creepy. So it's commented on, but in a really humorous way. And it's, it, you know, the, there's a romance that blossoms between them. Yeah, he's an odd character. Like, is he a creep or not? And, like, he's a bit shy, but he's also a bit of a womanizer. And he's had dozens of ex-girlfriends. <laughs> and, but what yeah. makes them leave? Are they alive? It's too, many, too many questions. <laughs> too many questions, yeah. But it's it's handled really well. Um, it's funny. It's touching. I just think it's it's perfect. And especially the actors that they've got to play those parts, they do it really, really well. Mm-hmm. It does feel it does come across as quite natural with the way that they play it. And uh, you see the 
you see the the relationship develop during the course of the episode so it's that wonderful blend of action adventure thriller with all the threat that's going on um and then you've got these wonderful character moments with with a romance developing mm. which was really nice and it balances it out yeah it was and it's uh i also thought it was played really well because it's sometimes uh with action adventure series or with films it's like quick we must get some uh, emotional resonance in this thing so let's let's um you know when, when you know, for example like the bomb's ticking and we need to defuse the bomb but let's just stop for a moment and have a heart to heart and just go no that wouldn't happen you know this episode i thought was it was paced really well i thought it was that aspect of it was woven really well into the episode acted very well how it was directed and edited with the pacing and everything i just thought it worked incredibly well so yeah i think we it, it didn't feel forced we really needed this after flux um yes yeah yeah, yeah. so i was my brain was just tired after flux and i don't know <laughs> if i was enjoying it by the end because we were reviewing it and uh, trying to anticipate what's going to happen and was it satisfying was it not and I think we just needed a regular old episode same, same respect I like you know the, the avocado episode um, the, the battle of Ransko Avcolas um, was like such a letdown that we really needed the uh, the resolution episode a few weeks after <laughs> Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think this this was a this was a good kind of um, yeah have a good bookend of flux. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice standalone story. Yeah. Um, we see all of Jeff's stuff in storage, and I love how everything that Sarah said um, earlier on in the reception. She listed ev- all of the forbidden items that you can take into self storage, mm-hmm. and literally Jeff's got a room for every one of these items. Yeah, so this is what I meant earlier when I said Jeff is uh, an important, the important unseen character. So um, he's put stuff in this uh, facility, fireworks, there's explosive stuff in there, which is what is obviously used at the end of the episode to blow the building up and defeat the Daleks. Um, But what was Jeff going to use it for? Uh, Good question, but I think, well, it's sort of, you know, there's fireworks and he's obviously using the facilities for dodgy stuff, yeah. black market. Yeah. But you name it, he's got it. So there's a whole load of um, stuff with, with party gear is in there. Um, <clears throat> I think the funniest thing was, because there's uh, loads and loads and loads and loads of uh, tins of baked beans with beef. <laughs> and, and, and I love everyone's reaction. Just going, this stuff's disgusting. Yaz's reaction to it, which was just like, who, th- whoever thought, ooh, uh, I need a beefy tin of tin <laughs> beans, cracked me up. Um, I loved the line. I, I I loved Amanda Gill's delivery of it. So, I mean, for me, I think this episode has everything. You've got the, a really good story with all the action, the tension, trying to get out with that. You've got the romance, the love story, which we we said before. Yeah. And, uh, and and there's humour scattered throughout it, which is genuinely funny. Um, so I loved all that. Mm-hmm. Um, have you warmed up to Dan yet by now? Oh, I love that character yeah. the moment we, he was first introduced. Yeah. Um, Does he feel so like I... he's been there a while? I, obviously, he spent, he spent four or five years with Yaz. 
but yeah, which which was an interesting line. It was just it was just like wow, really? Okay. So obviously, there's a whole load of adventures. Yeah. Maybe we haven't seen. I don't know, but um, I know he's leaving soon, and he's only just kind oh, of joined of course, the show. What, of course, what what am I talking about? That's in reference to the fact when they were stuck in 1900. And... Yeah, but it... sorry, I, I completely forgot about that. No, yes, but he spent a lot of time with Yaz, uh, and also yeah, this this is how he made the observations about how Yaz um, has got feelings for the Doctor. Called it. Yeah. Do you remember we talked about... I've forgotten which podcast it was. Um, I think we've mentioned it once or twice. But remember, we had a conversation. I think I said at, at some point, I think it will be revealed that Yaz has mm. romantic feelings for the Doctor. Yeah. Is this the first concrete um, kind of hint that we've had? Like, forget about the bit where Dan openly mentions it to the Doctor. And But what about... And, and Yaz. But uh, you know that first scene where we have that kind of gesture from Yaz looking at the Doctor and then <laughs> Dan kind of looks and he, can, he knows. It, um, is that the first concrete evidence we've had that Yaz um, has feel, that those kinds of feelings for the Doctor? In terms of characters actually saying it, yeah. yes. Yeah. And do you, has think... it been implied before? Like... So prominently, uh, uh, not to my knowledge. I wasn't sure if it was just like a like a thing fans were hoping for or something. See, I picked up on it because I thought it was just the. I think it was. Uh, I think it was. It was definitely something that we were supposed to have picked up on. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, I mean, I think the most obvious uh, was when. Um, I've forgotten the name of the episode now. But you know, um, when. Do you remember that TARDIS that looks like a house? Oh, yeah, the actual house. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, you know, they haven't seen the Doctor for a year. Yeah. And But Yaz is the one who's like really pining and uh, is in the TARDIS and with all, you know, trying to find out how to work it and with all the post its. And she's yeah. like really frantic. And, and she really has a good Doctor the... when she sees her again, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was. That was at the most concrete when it was just like, this is someone who clearly has feelings much deeper than that of friendship. Yeah, I thought. I think it was. I think there were hints earlier on as well, but I think that was probably when it was at its most evident. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's all you know, because I'd be. I'd be very surprised if anyone watched Eve of the Daleks who's been watching the Jodie Whittaker era throughout. I'd be very surprised if anyone saw this moment in Eve of the Daleks when it's, it's, it's categorically said Yaz has, uh, is in love with the Doctor. I'd be very surprised if anyone was surprised by that. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't have any problems with it apart from... Mm. It was, for me, it was a bit of a like roll my eyes moment, like, really we're doing this in the 11th hour you know we've only got so many more episodes left i would have liked that it there was a few more hints earlier on in the show in in the series possibly Uh, i don't know it's it's come so late uh well i know that i've had a week uh, a few weeks to think about it It, it's it's fine but uh i felt a little bit frustrated like um like i didn't I didn't fully anticipate it actually happening. Right, okay. Because 
I mean, as I said, so I wasn't surprised by it, and I think it's been it's been building up to that moment. I know where you're coming from. Where I think had the show been a bit more open and honest about it, and we'd seen the interaction between the two characters dealing with that, yeah, because you know, like earlier on, I think it would have been much more interesting, and I think it would have been new and refreshing, mm-hmm. especially for Doctor Who. At the same time, though, I don't have a problem with how it's been done in the show. And I, I like those moments in Eve of the Dogs because I thought it was handled really well, both in terms of the, the writing and certainly the acting. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. But I, I suppose, I mean, I didn't roll my eyes at it, but... I, I didn't literally, you know. No, 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 I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> oh, God. But I think, you know, thinking about it, maybe it does have that sort of like that, oh, for goodness sake, because it's the typical dramatic thing that you know we've seen that's been done a million times in books films and television series elsewhere yeah where we know that we're coming up to a big momentous end of something we know in this case we know that we're coming to the end of the Jodie Whittaker era yeah so however it comes to an end this has obviously got to have this has obviously got to play into it and it's going to be absolutely devastating yeah Um. um I've been. I did see a few uh, reactions online, like uh, reaction videos to it, um, right, okay. as bringing it up in a respectful way. Like people getting quite emotional at it. Um, mm. And at first, I wasn't sure um, were people getting emotional because of the representation of same-sex um, relationships. Because I feel like aren't we like long past that? But I mean, in the same sense, if if um, if that has an impact on somebody because of this representation there, that, that's that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, to me, I wasn't sure were people more um, emotional about it because because they're invested in the characters, or is it because of the of the same sex re- representation? I wasn't too sure about that um, because I feel like the character of Yaz in particular, it's not it's not a relationship I was pining for, <laughs> like to see. I, I wasn't that too fussed about it with regards to the characters no no i, I know what you mean and i think uh, i'm the same as well which was that it, it uh had uh it been played out throughout the, the course of the whole whitaker era that yaz just sees the doctor as a close friend that works perfectly well i think it's <clears throat> sorry i think it's interesting that it you know a decision was made um that we you know we i mean because We've had it in the show where uh, companions from a heterosexual perspective have fallen in love with the Doctor. I mean, we had the whole Rose thing. We've had the whole Martha thing, which was unrequited. Um, So this is just, you know... I'm basically going to be repeating what you've just said, so there's no no point in that. Um, Yeah, going to the point, it'd be interesting to see why people were emotional for it for the reasons that you said. I mean, I got to admit, I found it emotional, but that was just from. That was just because of the characters. Yeah, it wasn't Uh, because, oh, finally, you know, (laughs) we get get some some Um, kind of representation because we've had this before, you know, especially in like Torchwood, you know. it's just. I mean, you 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 could say it was important from representation because it's interesting because Yaz is a uh, is an Asian character. Okay, yeah. You know, and as we know, it's um, not not everyone, of course, but um, Asian family backgrounds, you know, tends to be a bit more conservative. So, 
and it's interesting that they've done this and i know we've got a few episodes uh in the series we haven't really seen i mean we have seen uh, some of yaza's family in previous episodes but it's never been a big thing yeah so whether that plays something in the series with regards to yaza's feelings towards the doctor yet to be seen um i've got a sinking suspicion probably not only for the reason because yaza's family although we have seen them in one or two episodes i think it's arachnids and we saw her sister in the flux series and maybe there was one more appearance i can't really remember they haven't really played a massive uh, role in in the series Mm. but uh, i quite liked it um and as i said you know called it all that while ago but uh i think it's been one of those things where the way that it was done was i think i suspect that jodie whittaker and mandip gill were told at the very beginning yeah. And so maybe it was the hints were there in their performance. I wonder if go, looking mm. back we'll see any hints. Um, like, I would have liked if there was some kind of like hints with like body language or, or communication between them. Like not not on the same level as like Martha clearly has feelings mm. for the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. But you know something more subtle. <clears throat> yeah. To be honest, I think I think that I think it was there because I I remember, I think it was in. It'd be interesting to see whether it was in Jodie Whittaker's first series because I think I started picking up in the second more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think it was there in the performances more than in the writing. Yeah. Um, but then it, it but then having said that, I do think it did creep up creep it, creep into the writing later on. So I think it's you know, it's been a slow burner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one frustrating thing is knowing that um, with this run coming to an end soon, you just kind of know it can't go anywhere because we're still going to continue with the Doctor, but not with Yaz. Yeah, that crossed my mind as well because it, it would have been interesting for whoever the new Doctor is going to be mm-hmm. if Yaz were to continue for for a certain period afterwards yeah but then you go you kind of go well we've sort of had that before not from a romantic point of view but certainly from a friendship perspective of the diff you know with with clara oh yeah um, um well that was that would be an interesting thing if like yaz has got feelings for the doctor then the doctor becomes a man yeah yeah oh he did, i mean i know exactly where you're coming from but it wouldn't need, it wouldn't necessarily you know it could be the doctor regenerating into you know the, another female um, yes. into another woman yeah um you know but yeah another person be... entirely how would you feel about that um yeah yeah um yeah i'm optimistic it'll it'll be played out well i'm sure mm-hmm. i mean cuz there's cuz one thing that's that's also been uh, carrying on over since the timeless child stuff is the fact that the doctor, you know, the doctor hasn't really spoken about it, and certainly hasn't spoken it to Yaz, and and that is becoming a bit of a an issue. Mm. And you know, the doctor has promised that she will talk to Yaz about it, but it it, it constantly gets uh, put off. And in fact, there's a moment in this episode uh, when the doctor tells Yaz to to go and get Nick and Sarah, uh, and then. Um, uh, I've forgotten what the the line was, but then Yaz says something, and then the Doctor snaps. Like, basically, just go and do it, will you? Is this after like, Dan's told her about the feelings? Yes. Yeah. 
No, 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 sorry, it's just before. It's before. Okay. It's just before. Um, so Dan and Yaz have had the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the Doctor realises, just like, she shouldn't snap at Yaz, has that brief thing, Yaz then goes off. And then, and then Dan... Dan yeah, he's just going, yeah. you know, you know, and Dan, you know she Dan, likes you. Dan also like points it. out that um, <clears throat> even the Doctor's kind of... Seems, seems like she doesn't know what Dan's talking about. Dan points mm. out that maybe, yeah, you kind of do, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious. It's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it, it. I hope it is picked up because I think it would be a bit frustrating if it's this is all that we get and, and nothing becomes of it. Yeah, there'll be more, obviously. Yeah, there'll be more. I think it'd be interesting to see how it pans out because whether Yaz's feelings will be reciprocated. Um, if the doctor reciprocates those feelings, be interesting. Or is the doctor going to be sort of like, um, you know, Sherlock Holmes as a character? Where, because um, if you look, if you read Arthur Conan, Arthur Conan Doyle's or the the Granada adaptations starring Jeremy Brett, um, you know, the, the the stories in there where they talk about Sherlock Holmes having possibility of romantic feelings but it never go- it never goes anywhere there's something that that that's blocking it yeah, yeah. have you, so have you just... seen um sherlock you know stephen moffat and mark case sherlock uh, i've seen one or two episodes okay um well it's it's definitely put in there um ambiguously is the is well you know um now and again is there um something between him and john watson uh, I mean, after a long time, obviously they're just they're just friends. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's definitely hinted at in the first episode. All oh, right, okay. Um, like the sexuality. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, no. That, um, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the. the I haven't seen that. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, in terms. Of, I mean, we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but uh, Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson from the the original stories. Are clearly just friends. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing sexual, um, and they're one of the best. Uh, it's one of the you know the, one of the best pairings and friendships in, in literature. It's, it's great. It's interesting though that the the Stephen Moffat, Mark Gatiss uh, adaptation put that in because it had because regardless of um, the original novels, short stories, and further um, adaptations, but it is interesting that in some adaptations they do explore well what was sherlock's feelings mm. you know to you know is he incapable of love does he or does he deliberately prevent himself from doing so it's going it'd be interesting to see what the the remaining jodie Whittaker era is going to do with with this relationship with yaz is it going to go down that route or mm. is it going to be the case that the, the doctor said you know turns out you know, it's like actually, I have the I have the same feelings. If it does go down that route, I've got a sneak. I've got a strong feeling that it'll be the um, the doctor announcing that, and then not long after, I've done it again. After what the hell's after, going on? Yeah, you're, you're still in like <clears throat> formal um, podcast and podcaster what's... mode. Straight straight <laughs> out um, your other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what's going on? Um, uh, and then not long after that, 
then the doctor dies and regenerates yeah could be either i mean we've had like totally different parallels between uh how how human the doctor is and we have um hints of it with david tennant but with matt smith at times he was very very alien and didn't didn't claim to empathize with kind of human romance Mm-hmm. Um, but then we've got other times where um, the Doctor did a lot. Mm. Mm. Could go either way. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be, it'd be interesting. But for what it is, going back to Eva the Daleks, the way that it was done, I did really like it. It was it was another thing that gave the episode a heart. Yeah. Um, and an interesting dynamic. In fact, um, one of the things that uh, one of my favourite scenes in this episode is when Sarah calls the Doctor out. You know, because it's just going to... Well, your plans aren't working. We keep on dying. Mm-hmm. Get your act together type thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save Nick because, yes, he's a weirdo, um, but he's decent and, you know, that scene. Yeah. And it's... Where she says weird-hearted. <laughs> no, not weird-hearted. Um, good-hearted weirdos are the keepers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Yaz's reaction to that line mm. um is is the first thing that really goes you know that's how she sees the doctor and that's her feelings mm. so that's the first thing that brings in that ele- that's the scene that brings that element into the episode you know fully but i also really like that the whole scene i liked how sarah um you know was having a go at the doctor and what she was saying and i liked all that interaction as well mm-hmm. nice bit of romance <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have a scene with Dan where he goes to like stall the Dalek in the reception, and he's kind of um, ducking and running around <laughs> it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he quite confidently like says, "Okay, I give up. I'll die." <clears throat> I feel like in reality he'd be a, still a bit apprehensive to get killed, <laughs> even though you know you come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm. I don't know how to say that. I totally agree with you, but I mean it's a good scene. But yeah, I think in reality it would be a bit apprehensive because it's like, what if you don't? <laughs> I know <laughs> it's, it's a big gamble. <laughs> you know it is. Yeah. Um, so I think this is coming up to the climax of the story where they they kind of have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um. The Doctor does some, does she say, sonic ventriloquism? <laughs> yes. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Bit of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so much what to say about the the, the, uh, the climax. What What is the plan again? Um, so the plan is to... to uh... Oh, the Doctor does give a good life analogy. Um, because... Um, <clears throat> they're kind of they're learning what to do after each loop so the doctor says that um, all about getting things wrong and failing and learning from it and succeeding the next time mm-hmm. uh, which is a really good life message isn't it it's like uh, it's important to get get things wrong because that's how you learn so yeah you learn. yeah <laughs> um, 
So the Doctor's plan is to trick the Daleks into thinking that they're doing one thing when they're actually doing the other. And what the real plan is, is to lure the Daleks down into the, the basement of the building where they've got Jason's fireworks uh, as well as all the explosive um, material. Oh, uh, Jeff. Who the hell's Jason? Jeff. Some name beginning with J. Uh, Jack stuff. No. What's his name? Jason. Jeff. Je- it's what? not Jason. It's Jeff. Who the- Jeff. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um and get Jeff's explosive material down into the basement, um, lure the Daleks there, and then the the Doctor has used Sarah's mobile to to trigger, um, effectively trigger the explosion, and then that's what happens. Uh, they all leg it out the building, uh, and the explosion goes off. The dogs are caught up in it. They're completely destroyed, and the fireworks go off. Kablam! Bang at midnight when it's New Year's. Yeah. And as the fireworks going off, that's when we have the uh, just going. What really? Wow, I didn't see that coming. The uh, the cameo from. Oh yes, because the... he's from Manchester. Because he's from Corrie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I've forgotten the name of that character, or even if that character has a name. But he's the guy who was in the um, the crane in Jodie Whittaker's very first episode. Yeah, he was there. He was there on the train when the Doctor landed. And then he had oh, all. Oh yes, his... I forgot he was there. Yes, he and was. And he had all yeah, his yeah. like self-help tapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then he didn't he he's wasn't he responsible for throwing Tim off this crate? <laughs> Tim Shaw. <laughs> I think so. Probably. It's been yeah. a long time since I've watched. Yeah. 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 The doctor wasn't happy about that. Um. Yeah. He's all he's all alone. <laughs> New Year. So. His newfound confidence from the woman who fell to earth. He's still got no mates. <laughs> well, he's just enjoying, you know, his own company and seeing some fireworks. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one to talk. <laughs> like a hermit in New Year's Eve. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, the same. I'm not really fussed by it. Yeah. Um, it's like, I just can't wait to get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um. What a few little moments earlier, like Sarah um, called to say goodbye to her mother before she was killed at one point. Um, Un had the uh, one line about exterminate of Nick's Nick's um, ex girlfriend stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we even got puns in the episode. Yeah. Oh, so Yaz asks the doctor. Um, she asks what she means when she says. Her actions are catching up with her. Um, and the Doctor kind of evades the question. What's that about? Again, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's that specifically <clears throat> about? Is that just about the Doctor's past? I think so. I mean, because it... it um, so the reason why the Daleks have, have been... Uh, were there in the first place is that they, they picked up... Uh, that the, the Doctor had landed there. So they went to catch the Doctor... Because uh, the whole thing is they wanted to exterminate the Dark Doctor specifically because of the huge amount of Daleks that were destroyed. Oh yes, with the flux. Yeah, um, the time loop uh, thing was actually the TARDIS. Um, the TARDIS was the thing that caused the time loop, so no. that's what that came from, and that's yes. what that was about. Um, um, and the, tar- the probably... TARDIS is all repaired inside. It's a bit yes. weird. It's had a nice fresh reset. 
but we've probably only got two episodes before that interior is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. Yeah. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm guessing so. I'm guessing we've got a new console room for the next era. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Uh, oh, so we get the next time trailer. Mm, mm-hmm. Sea Devils. Yes, didn't see. <laughs> just go, wow, really? Okay. Did, didn't see that coming. Hey. <laughs> yeah, um, Legends of the Sea Devils is, is going to be the next episode. And they haven't really changed the look of the, the original monster, which is good because I think it was a good design. Maybe a little bit more slimmer in the face, but maybe. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It looks like it's going to be set in Japan. Ah, right. They've updated the outfit. They've still got like a little bit of kind of fish net kind of woven into the suit. All oh, right. Okay. I, I didn't quite see that. I was just just going because the the reveal of it because they said the next episode is called Legend. And then you see a blurry image of a sea devil, and you go, "Is that a sea devil? That's a sea devil!" And then it comes into the foreground, perfectly clear. And then the rest of the title uh, of the sea devils is, yeah. uh, appears. Uh, and I was, so I was just looking at the the face of it. I didn't notice the yeah. uh, the, co- the costume. Looking much better than they did last time in uh, Warriors of the Deep, oh, with their floppy bloody. heads and the, the holes through the neck, <laughs> obviously for the actors to see through. <laughs> With the, I, I mean, it's funny because if this is set in Japan, I'm wondering if if Chibnall was inspired by Warriors of the Deep because they they do have a sort of Japanese warrior like yeah samurai look, kind of look samurai look yeah yeah um, maybe. I, I, do you think we'll get any of the modern Silurians? Is it, well, do you think they'll draw a connection in the story? Um, they might do because I think. I mean, the, the thing is with the Sea Devils, they've only appeared in um, one story back in 1972 with John Pertwee. Whereas with the Silurians, they've appeared in the Pertwee era, the Peter Davison era, and several times in the Matt Smith era. Mm-hmm. So I think more, more people would be familiar with the Silurians. So they might yeah. they, they might have a line of dialogue just explaining the sort. The, what was it? They're the cousins of the Silurians or something. Yeah, yeah our, our Sea Devil cousins. Did they call them or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's been that long since I've seen um, Warriors of the Deep. I'm really scared hmm. to watch it. You, you've put the fear in me. Like, am I, is it going to be awful? Yeah, it's going to be yeah. awful, Rob. I literally... No, I think it's one of those, because you've always said that you've really liked it, and I have a, a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it in terms of the story. I think the story's good. Yeah. It's the production of it, and the because I think Pennant Roberts directs that, and... I don't think Pennant Roberts was a fantastic Doctor Who director. You know, he directed other stuff. He directed straight dramas. He directed episodes of Blake mm. Seven, and he was always really good. In terms of Doctor Who, he always got his cast spot on. Mm. Um, cast was really good, but in terms of directing Doctor Who, I don't know what it is. It never quite works, and I think Warriors of the Deep is the worst, yeah. especially with the pacing of it and how slow the... Like, there's one scene in it where uh, you see the Silurians walk into the room... And they're really slow. And we, for some reason, we've got to see them walking incredibly <laughs> slowly into the room. Then they have their conversation, which is quite wordy, between them and the Silurians. And, right, and then we've got to see them 
plod out of the room. And he's just going, for frick's sake, you, you edit this stuff out. We don't need to see them coming into the room and walking in. Uh. So <laughs> that and the murka are my abiding memories of Warriors of the Deep. Yeah. I literally, you know, I've bought the DVDs, but I've never watched it. Well, the last time I watched it, right. I put the VHS on. It must have been wow. January 2005. You know, having a quick catch-up before the new series started. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it then. That was a long time ago, I guess. Well, I hope, I hope when we do come round to, because we've got to review it. I oh, hope when we do come round to it, you still enjoy it. I hope so. And I have, I, yeah, and I hope I haven't put you off. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't. Oh, good. Um, I don't see why I'd hate. It. I mean, I still remember it word for word, but reevaluing it as a bit more of a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I actually understand a bit more about storytelling. <laughs> Not much more. <laughs> <laughs> there should have been another way. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, are we done with Eve of the Daleks? Should we go on to listeners' responses? Yes, yeah. I'd be interested to... We haven't to got many. Listeners thought. Oh, have we not? No. Okay. BT Flibberty Gigit said... Uh, it's a really fun episode that I have one nitpicky continuity-based complaint about. How the hell does Dan, the dude who was 100% around during the police robots in Revolution of the Daleks, uh, and the Flux, the, the finale of Flux, not know the Daleks at all? Is that right? Mm. So, so yeah, the the Daleks. Uh, the Dalek drones were around because you know I've seen them in Downing Street and all over the place. Yes, but the the British government didn't call them Daleks, did they? No. Um, I mean, Donna didn't realise the Cybermen everywhere, the ghosts. Mm. Mm. Maybe a similar kind of thing there. And did Dan not formally meet the Daleks in Flux? I don't think so. No. no. Oh well. Yeah. Continuity error averted. Well, I hope so. I mean, maybe it is there. I'm not bothered by it. If, if it is a continuity error, I really don't. I'm not that bothered by it. We have Alex from the Who Target podcast. Hi, Alex. Um, he said, "Well, I didn't think it was that bad. To be honest, I was expecting a, uh, I was expecting terrible. <laughs> a lot, oh, okay. a lot better than flux." Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it was it was just nice to have a nice standalone story with a bit of a bit of everything. Like you were saying, Liam, a bit of humour, a bit of a bit of romance, a bit of action. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you said, it was all there. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all there. <laughs> um yeah, thanks for that, Alex. Um Rob Keeley got in touch. Hi Rob. Say hello to Rob, Liam. <laughs> Hi Rob. Um that was the best Doctor Who episode in ages. Ingenious, well characterised, scary, and funny. Everything Doctor Who should be. It was ten times the story of Flux with about a tenth of the resources. If only all Jodie's episodes had been this good. Full marks to Chris Chibnall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get on to it, but I f- that pretty much sums up my feeling for the episode as well. Yeah. Um, Jake uh, the bearded Jake got in touch 
What struck me was the blend of terror and comedy, bouncing between the crushing dread of inevitable, inevitable extermination and the wonderful absurdity of human perseverance. But most important to me was Yaz finally coming out after years of hints. Mm-hmm. Um, what an, what an, important, an important scene in TV history. And mm, it's maybe I need to reevaluate the scene then because it's like what we said. I think it's a good scene. I really like it. Whether it has the weight of it being one of the important scenes in British television, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Mm. Do you think having um, things like this in the foreground of the show um, is more impactful than when it's in 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 kind of the side plot? Because we've had. We've seen um, Time Lords change gender before. Um, mm-hmm. We'll use Missy as the main example. But when when it happened to the Doctor, there was a there was a big response like, oh, "They can't do that," or "That's great," you know. So it's it's passionate responses. Um, mm-hmm. And then we've had um, same sex sexuality relationships in the Doctor universe before, but now that it's in the foreground. Um, I don't know, what was the point I was trying to make? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that people respond more passionately when it's actually um, part of the the core narrative. Even though, you know, it's, it, it happens elsewhere in the show. Hmm. Yeah, that that's true, actually. I mean, talking about... Because, I, I mean, because I think we, we spoke about this in our very first podcast. It was in terms of like in terms of the the, the doctor being a woman, uh, my feeling of it was, I didn't think it was strictly necessary um, for in terms of Doctor Who having a strong female character or a strong female presence because we'd already had that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just came from the point of view of just going, but I have no problem with the Doctor being cast as a woman because. The Doctor's never really been defined by their gender. It opens up casting. Of course, it's yeah. It's fine. And Jodie Without seeming ignorant, like, it's like, I don't even notice. I just think, well, that's that's just Jodie's Doctor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it, it, not a problem. So from that point of view, I, I never had I never had the the huge passionate response either way of, you know, because some people seem to be vermintly against it. Yeah. I mean, um, it, I mean, I don't know. On some level, is it? It's nice that people are so passionate about it, but to be so, so negatively passionate about it, it's a bit, I don't quite relate. But yeah, yeah, and uh, where, and then obviously there were people who were um, extremely positive about it. Mm. Which, again, fine, you know, positive response. But I was sort of on the fence with it a little bit, and it's just like, well, I'm not really bothered by it. Jodie Whittaker, good actress. You've got a good. You've got you know. You got someone good playing the part fine really at the end of the day that's all i'm bothered about yeah um and i mean they were never going to get an awful actor yeah cast so whatever so from that point of view it, yeah fine um um in terms of the it, as you say it, it, it going back to the point which is you know an historically important scene it may be it probably is in the sense of you know a family um science fiction drama yeah um it hasn't been that um you know the, the, 
a family drama like Doctor Who has never really been sort of that um as just in terms of the, the you know the main core cast mm. it's never been that uh you know it's been done funny enough it's been done with loads yeah. of you know it's been done in soap operas it's been done in the like uh, other series written by Russell T yeah, Davies yeah i was going to mention that other soaps i don't watch an awful lot of television so i can't really place it within the context of where television is at the moment i just watch this and go it's fine i haven't got a problem with it it's it's written well and it's performed well and that's fine yeah great um so placing it within the context of other television though i can't re- I, I, yeah because as i said i don't really watch an awful lot so mm-hmm. and um i don't mean to be sounding old but like you know things have changed a lot with gender identity and sexuality you know since since we were teenagers it's when when we were younger it was like okay your sexuality pick a box are you straight gay or bi and it's like which one do you identify with but now people are more fluent about that and um yeah it's a it's, it's a lot different to when I think we're relatively young but you know things have changed a lot yeah, yeah, massively. I mean, I mean, within a very short space of time. Because I mean, when you think about it, in terms of, um, <clears throat> in terms of homosexuality, I mean, it was partially decriminalized as recently as the late nineteen sixties. I mean, that's not all that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it, fr- from that point of view, in terms of how gay characters have appeared in 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 television, I mean, I remember when we were still at school, there was um, there was a big deal with Coronation Street having its first gay kiss mm-hmm. and that was with um uh, was that with adam, was, adam the guy who was in dalek bruno langley that yeah. is it yes yeah, that's, that's him yeah. yeah that's that's how i was trying to remember yeah uh, with him and that was that was a massive massive deal it was a big news story and all the rest of it oh and yeah yet, obviously you, doctor who's mm-hmm. nowhere near um that level you know i don't i don't think no, but I mean, it, but, I mean, the, hasn't made the headlines. The, how much of a news story it was was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Because if you you know you watch the scene, I remember having a conversation with some others at school. Um, they thought it was disgusting and it was the worst thing ever and it was appalling. And I'm just going, really? I mean, did you watch? Was, I mean, it was just, it, you know, it was just a peck on the lips and that was it. I was like really mild. Yeah. And it's just this is why is this newsworthy? But you know the fact that. That was when would that have been? Two thousand four or something? Re- fact, you know, re- that's like the yeah, just in the dawn of new Doctor Who, which uh, yeah, uh, and then of course you know uh, prior to that uh, you know you had Russell T Davis doing shows like uh, you know Queer as Folk is the obvious one. He did a series, which I think a lot of people have forgot, uh, which I thought was really nice and it was very positive and it was uh, it was just lovely. It was called Bob and Rose. And that was based on uh, a guy that he, Russell T. Davis knew, mm. gay guy, who fell in love with a woman. And uh, and he wrote a series based on that. And it was very positive and life-affirming. And it was just like, why is there a problem with, the, with a man falling in love with a woman? He happened to be gay. And then, you know, uh, his feelings, he fell in love with a woman. You know, he did that series. And um, so... Television has done, you know, covered these things in, in general anyway. So yeah, maybe uh, I forgot who who did you say put that comment in? Which oh the, the listeners' the, response. The most recent comment. Um, it was uh, Jake. The, Jake. The, the, yes. the bearded Jake. The bearded Jake. Not, not the so other yeah, 
um <laughs> actually you know th- thinking about it in terms of the fact that this has been covered in in doctor who um in a in a popular family uh television program put on as a new year special to you know bums on seats and loads of people watching it yeah maybe it does have that historical context yeah uh, uh, time will tell <laughs> see how people people remember it yeah i mean to be perfectly honest i think probably in the grand scheme of things i think um i i don't think it will have the same you know if you talk about the history of television yeah um i think it, it, it might be a footnote yeah you it, know when you talk about you know the, those other programs that we've mentioned yeah, even if we'll have a scene coming up where there's a kiss or something, hmm. um, I don't think it'll be as um, as groundbreaking <laughs> as, as as things like Corey. You know, it's 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 2022 after all. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that's it for our, our responses this week. Uh, thanks for getting in touch, everyone. Um, we did a poll, as always. Um, Seventy four of you voted. So <laughs> we asked, how would you rate Eve of the Daleks? Um, good, bad or average? 18.9% said bad. Um, 176 said average. And 6, 63.5% good. Most people liked it. Some well, pe- that's good. Some people didn't. <laughs> fair enough. Final summary and conclusion from us, um, which we've already kind of explained. Um, but my view of it, it gets full marks because it was it was it was a great standalone story. That the sci-fi element of it was somehow familiar, but it had a fresh spin on it. Um, there was all sorts of other elements in there, new characters, um, which were interesting and new dynamics and stuff. Um, and it, there was a lot of humour there. It was good, so uh, yeah, I really liked it. Um, I'd probably rate it higher than a lot of other things, Doctor Stories. Mm-hmm. For me, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good, simple story told incredibly well. Uh, it was very engaging. It's like what we said before. It had the whole, the whole package really. You know, you got the the action, the adventure, the threat, uh, um, the humor. Uh, really good character dynamics and relationships. You had the romance, and all of it done really well. It was ba- balanced incredibly well. It didn't feel forced. It flowed very well. I loved the performances. I liked how it was directed, edited. The music was good. Uh, in fact, th- there was one moment where it sounded like uh, it, 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 the music seemed to be querying a little bit of the uh, the Matt Smith Doctor oh. theme. Um, just briefly and i just it just seemed to have that feel about but i like the music as well um yeah it was a, it was a really good uh episode uh i'd happily watch it again uh and up until now because obviously we still got some more episodes of the jodie whittaker era but by far this is my favorite jodie whittaker episode of all time yeah wow of all time so far and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So far, you know, Legends of the Cyber, uh, Sea Devils may be better. We we just have to wait and see. But at the moment, this is, I think, by far the best Jodie Whittaker. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know if I'd quite go that far. Uh, but I'm, uh, at the same time, I'm not sure which story in particular I'd rate higher. I have to have, hmm. to, I have, to have a think about that. 
Yeah, um, because one of the listeners said if if the Jodie Whittaker era had sort of been of this quality throughout or had more episodes of this quality, it would have been, you know, and it, yeah, it's sort of like Chris Jimmel seems to have really pulled his bloody socks up, as it were, Um, because I liked Flux. I didn't think it was perfect, but on the whole, I liked Flux. Uh, This episode, as I said, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and so it's like well hopefully the things are looking good hopefully the, at least the, the Jodie Whittaker era looks like it's going to go out on a high mm-hmm. they have it's like what we said before there have been individual good decent episodes oh yeah Rosa was quite good The Witchfinders is, a, is, is quite up there and one or two others but on the whole it's been large it's been a bit disappointing and sort of like average really yeah but, I mean some of the um the two partners and the openers, openers and the climaxes. You know, there's, there's been some entertaining stuff there. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I really, really liked this episode. I thought mm. it was it pretty much yeah perfect. And that's interesting because it it was a very, in some respects, it look it it almost feels like a bit of a budget episode because it's all the same kind of sets. It's all interior mm. stuff. Yes, but uh, especially compared yeah, to Flux. F- yeah, exactly. And, and funny enough, um, when I started watching this episode, it was just, uh, I wasn't really expecting much, no. if, I, if I was honest. And I was, I was a bit little... put off by the trailers, the whole time loop thing. Yeah, um, but actually it turned out to be, I think, one of the best episodes of Doctor Who. I really, really liked it. Mm. And certainly of the, the Whitaker-Chibnall era, uh, I know I'm just repeating myself, but I think it's by far the best episode. Mm, interesting, yeah. You know, uh, was it better than uh, the Seeds of Doom? No, no. Okay, you don't no. have to, don't have to update your profile on the website. Uh, no, no, no. It's. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, it's up there. I think you know. If I was to, if I was to sit down and rank every single Doctor Who story, I'm not doing that because I just can't be bothered. Do but it. If I were, um, <laughs> I think I would rate you know either the uh, either the Daleks you know quite high up. Uh, generally speaking, I mean, I don't think it comes anywhere near as the Seed of Doom because that's my all-time favorite Doctor Who story, and I just love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's... Not as good as Seeds of Doom. Way better than Warriors of the Deep. Okay, there you go. <laughs> let's just stop right there. <laughs> um, I think that kind of covers it for for Doctor Who this week. Mm. Um. Anything else we need to mention? Of course, we haven't mentioned the socials yet, which usually we kind of get them mentioned at the start of the podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll do that. It's the boring bit now. Uh, <laughs> we're on facebook.com slash cloisterbell, Instagram, uh, cloister underscore bell, <laughs> I think there. We were on Twitter at podcastbell. Um, we have a great website, cloisterbellpodcast.com. Um and you can now do something new on there. You can register with us. You can create your own profile. You can comment on our podcasts with your own kind of name and profile picture. You can earn close to bell coins, <laughs> which <laughs> something I think we might talk about next week, Liam. Um, yeah. Like, what the hell are these close to bell coins? Uh, but start earning them today. Um, <laughs> you can... Uh, unlock uh, badge, virtual badges for your profile to show off your dedication to the podcast <laughs> as a super fan um, 
um, a few little extras there. If you also, if you register with us, you can get access to the, our Discord text uh, chat, text channels as well, um, yeah. and maybe a few extra things as well. We're also on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Cloisterbell. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, that would be brilliant. Uh, there's a lot, there's lots of different tiers on there. We have bonus episodes. Um, what else do we have on there, Liam? Uh, I've done, I've done one video diary. I need to do more. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, the best way to support the podcast uh, would probably be, I'd say, to leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast, and getting reviews does help us um, with exposure. And it, you know, would love, would love to know what you think. If if you give us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts, we'd love to read that out on the podcast as well. That'd be brilliant. Uh, I think that's it, really. So in terms of next week's podcast, so we're going to be, because um, just before Flux, we were going through New Doctor Who and picking our favourite uh, episodes from from each of the Doctors. So we've done uh, Eccleston and Tennant. Uh, and we just started Matt Smith's era and then Flux got in the bloody way. So then we reviewed the episodes yeah. of Flux and we were going to be returning to that. It's a bit funny with next week's because Rob's favourite Matt Smith episode, which is Rob Vincent and the Doctor, I believe, is yeah, is also my favourite. Oh. Um, and rather than just skipping to Capaldi's era, we've decided no, we, we still want to review a Matt Smith episode. So actually, with my slight difference, it's my second favourite Matt Smith episode, um, which is Amy's Choice. So that's what we're going to be. Um, reviewing next week then after that we will be reviewing our respective um capaldi peter capaldi episodes yeah uh and then we'll be doing something new something new that. yes yeah some, some, something new but in the meantime that's what that's what we're going to be looking at so the the next podcast will be uh, amy's choice yeah and that was liam's choice and that yeah. was my choice yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well uh thank you very much for listening if you made it this far and you'll hear from us next monday are we out on mondays lee yes we're out on mondays back on mondays cool okay see you around people yep bye everyone bye the tardis cloister bell imminent disaster Cloisterbell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the Cloister Bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The Cloister Bell? Oh, no.